0: James chapter 5 and you can find it on uh, 1216 of your uh, Bibles and it's just one verse uh, verse 11. As you know we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's, Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. And then we turn to Job And we're going to read the last passages, uh, the last verses of the book of Job, from Job chapter 42, verses 7 to 17, and that's on 542 of your Bibles. After the Lord had said these things to Job, he said to Eliphaz the Temanite, I am angry with you and your two friends because you have not spoken the truth about me as my servant Job has. So now take seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job and sacrifice a burnt offering for yourselves. My servant Job will pray for you, and I will accept his prayer and not deal with you according to your folly. You have not spoken the truth about me as my servant Job has. So Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Namathite did what the Lord told them, and the Lord accepted Job's prayer. After Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes and gave him twice as much as he had had before. All his brothers and sisters and everyone who had known him before came and ate with him in his house. They comforted and consoled him over all the trouble the Lord had brought on him, and each one gave him a piece of silver and a gold ring. The Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the former part. He had 14,000 sheep, six thousand camels, a thousand yoke of oxen, and a thousand donkeys. And he also had seven sons and three daughters. The first daughter he named Jemima, the second Keziah, and the third Kaleen Hapuk. Nowhere in all the land were found women as beautiful as Job's daughters, and their father granted them an inheritance along with their brothers. After this, Job lived a 140 years. He saw his children and their children to the fourth generation. And so Job died, an old man and full of years. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Now, uh, when I was 11, uh, I went on my first and only roller coaster, uh, Disney's Big Thunder Mountain. Anyone been on Disney's Big Thunder Mountain? Some of you? One or two of you. Um, I hated it. Um, (laughs) as you can tell by the fact that I haven't been on one since. Um, You see, it starts with queuing. Um, Who here has been to a theme park? Just stick your hand up. Most of you, okay, so you know what the queues are like. There aren't, I mean, apart possibly from passport control, there aren't many queues (laughs) like a theme park queue. Um, You're lucky if you do half a dozen rides in a day at Alton Towers because some of the queues are two or even three hours long. Um, unless you pay for the fast pass which makes it quicker for you and slower for everyone else Um, I'm not a patient person so standing around in queues all day is not my idea of fun Um, especially if the thing at the end of it is a roller coaster (laughs) which is also not my idea of fun and then there's the cost Um, I looked this morning online and if Jess and I were going to go to Olden Towers tomorrow it would cost £78 and that's with a saving of £58 If we bought the ticket tomorrow, it would be 136 pounds. A costly roller coaster that requires a lot of patience. You see what I did there? (laughs) Today, we reach the end of the book of Job and it has been quite the roller coaster. We've had the town of Satan being given permission to take everything away from Job and Job wishing he'd never been born. We've had the the up of Job's vision of life beyond death. I know that my Redeemer lives, he says. We've had the down, of the arguments going back and forth between Job and his friends, never seeming to get anywhere. We've had the up of the wonderful poem about wisdom, more precious than rubies, yet completely unobtainable. We've had the down of Elihu warning Job, but he's gone too far in what he said to God. And we've had the up of God speaking to Job out of the storm. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation, God says. And we see God's ultimate power over death and evil through the pictures of Behemoth the beast and Leviathan the dragon. If you've stuck with it all the way through, well done. Um, we have been encouraging you to read the bits that we've not been specifically preaching on. Um, I know some of you have, um, and my hope is that through all of this last 11, 12 weeks, that we've learned to trust and focus on God a little more. For as, jo- as chapter 28, verse 28 says, "The fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to shun evil is understanding." Now when I was growing up, I didn't always get on with my sister. Um, here, here we are, on the day I was uh, at Durham Cathedral, um, I never actually hit her, but I wanted to several times. Um, if you have uh, siblings, you might know that feeling of just, want, just you're so fed up and frustrated and, and annoyed. Uh, she drove me crazy. Um, I'm sure some of you can relate to that. Now imagine I stole Daisy. Daisy was her favorite doll given to her when she was born, and she loved and hugged it for years. Daisy wasn't much to look at, but it had so much love in it. Imagine I stole Daisy, stamped on her, ripped her head off, set fire to her, and chucked her in the bin. Would giving her a new doll without an apology make that okay? No. Yeah, that's what apparently happens at the end of Job. God doesn't even mention the awful sufferings that Job had suffered and that he had permitted. He doesn't answer any of Job's questions. At the beginning, God allows Satan to take everything away from Job. And now at the end, he gives him more, double it says. What's going on? Is the message of Job really that if we keep going as faithful believers, God will give us 14,000 sheep? Now, I like woolly jumpers as much as the next vicar, but surely there Of course there is. Some of us will be heading back to school or work. We'll be restarting things that have had a break during August uh, over the next couple of weeks. Uh, Maybe we're simply carrying on. Nothing's changed over August. Whatever, Job tells us what we can expect as we try to live as God's children in the world. The first thing is, that it's war. Uh, Jess and I went to see Oppenheimer this week. Anyone seen Oppenheimer? Few people? Um, I'm describing it as astonishing. (laughs) Um, I don't know if I enjoyed it, but it was incredible. It's a film about the development of the atomic bomb during the Second World, before and during the Second World War. It is an astonishing film. That's not the kind of war I mean. Please God, we don't fight one of those again. Job, you see, Job doesn't fight on a battlefield. Job is the battlefield. We're surrounded by so much that tempts us and distracts us away from God. God's children are called to be different in the world but not of the world. It's a battle. And all the while, Satan is there whispering lies and half-truths as we saw last week. In Luke 22, Jesus prays for one of his friends Uh, This is Luke 22, verse 31. Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. But I've prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. When you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. See, Jesus doesn't pray for the sifting to stop. Did you notice that? He prays that Simon would stay faithful through the sifting. There's a bit of sifting there. And not only that he would stay faithful, but that he would then help and strengthen his brothers, his friends, the other 12 disciples. I wonder, do you ever actually share your real deep struggles with a Christian friend or family member? Beyond what you might be able to share, even in a small group like a home group, the stuff that really matters, the stuff that really hurts, the stuff that you really struggle with, the stuff that is that battlefield that we all face as Jesus followers every single day. The battle is real. But Jesus is praying for us. I love that. Jesus prayed for Simon and he prays for you and he prays for me. And more than that, the victory is already won. He has won the victory. Now I had to close my my study door the other day I don't normally close the door on Jess, but she was, she was watching Call the Midwife, and I found the noises rather off-putting as I was trying to write my sermon. <laughs> uh, see, that's how Paul describes, not a noisy television program, but childbirth and labor is how Paul describes the world in Romans 8, verse 22. You see, like Job in chapter 19, where he has that wonderful vision of, I know that my Redeemer lives, and he will stand upon the earth, and I will see him face to face. We long and hope for the labor to be over, along with the rest of creation. For the children of God to be revealed, Paul says. It's not a vague hope, a wish that things might be better, but a confidence that Jesus will return and take us home, and all this will be over and we will live with him forever. Paul says, Romans 8, 25, we hope for what we do not yet have, and we wait for it patiently. So first we have warfare, second we have patience, third we have humility. When Job repents in dust and ashes, uh, that was at the end of last week's reading, verse uh, six of chapter 42, he isn't admitting that his friends were right all along. No, you see, he's listened to what God said. In those little words, he quotes God twice. He's obviously listened, and he's realized that God is bigger and the world is more complicated than he thought. He's realized he can trust God because only God can restrain the evil of Leviathan and Behemoth. You see, at the root of all sin is the pride that thinks we know better Or that thinks we can do better than God. Or that thinks maybe we don't need him at all, after all, actually. The antidote is humility, putting God and others before our own interests or desires. Job is humbled, not in a squished I'm a worm kind of way, but he knows his place, and he knows how great God is. I wonder, do you find it easy to forgive someone who's really hurt you. Is that an easy thing or a hard thing? I think it's a hard thing. When someone's really hurt you, it's hard. Um, sometimes you, you think about it a lot, don't you? You you can't get it out of your mind, this thing that someone's done to you. Sometimes you can get it out of your mind, but whenever it comes back, you get all cross and like sort of knotted inside, maybe even years later. See, forgiveness is a really hard thing to do. And there's a lot of forgiveness in these verses of Job 42. First, Job is forgiven by God for the wrong things that he said about him. Four times, you may have heard it, God calls Job my servant. This is what he called Job right at the beginning. He's forgiven. But God also forgives Job's friends. See, he's angry with them, but they said sorry to God for what they had said, and they are forgiven as well. But there's more forgiveness, because that means Job forgave his friends. He prays for them. He prays that God would forgive them and bless them. And you see, that is ultimately true forgiveness. Not forgetting or overlooking something that has happened to you, someone that's really hurt you but praying God's blessing on that person and that's much harder I wonder if this week it may be that as I've been talking there's someone or a situation in your that's kind of popped into your mind uh, don't ignore that uh, we will have some people from a prayer ministry team at the end of the service maybe go and ask them to help you pray to, to, to ask God to give you a spirit of forgiveness, to help you forgive or move on from something. Maybe this week, if that's popped into your head as I've been speaking, you might think every day, God, please help me to forgive this person. Start there. Don't go straight for the praying for the good. <laughs> ask God's help for the forgiveness. So the Christian life is about warfare, patience, humility, forgiveness, and finally blessing. See notice when Job's blessing comes, comes at the very end. When he says sorry to God, in verse six, uh, when he's forgiven, when he prays for his friends in verse nine, he's still covered in boils. There he is, you remember this guy? He's still there with his ash heap and his piece of broken pottery. See, Job has reached the point where he trusts God and knows God is with him even while he's still suffering. And then he is restored and blessed by God. And the blessings Job receives from God, they don't, they're not there as a kind of cheap way of trying to let God off the hook. Sometimes people read these verses a bit like, oh, well, you know, it all, all worked out in the end. Ho-hum. Ho-hum. Verse 11 points out that as, they, as Job's friends come back, they console him over all the trouble the Lord had brought on him. God's still on the hook for that. That's not the point. I think these blessings that are described in Job and the blessings that we receive from time to time in this life, I think they point towards and are a tiny foretaste of what is to come. When Jesus returns and we will have the glorious life with him Forever. When all the pain and the tears and the sadness and the evil will be gone. But more than that, did you see what Job does? It's this curious little bit. It it talks about all his sheep um, and his oxen. And and I don't really know whether a yoke of oxen is one oxen, two oxen or four oxen. But he had a thousand of them, whatever that is. He had all of them. Uh, Then his, his seven sons are restored to him. And his three daughters are restored to him. And then he does this thing. At the end of verse 15, their father granted them his daughters an inheritance along with their brothers. It's kind of curious. What What's that there for? See, in those days, it wasn't necessary for Job to do that. Either the women would be married and so their husband would care for them or their brothers would be expected to care for them once Job had died. See, I think what well, this is pointing um, to God's lavish grace, giving us something we don't deserve out of the abundance of his love out of all that he has received from God Job shares with his daughters I think it points us to the way that God calls us to share our inheritance with others not the stuff we own but that all we receive from God now and will receive in the future the life and blessings that we have in Jesus See, Job tells us that God's children can expect a life of warfare for which we need to grow in patience, humility, and forgiveness. Not only in the quiet times when we're sitting at home by ourselves, but in all that we do. At work or at school. Yes, at church even. Out in the street when we talk to people. With our neighbours. In the shops. In all that we do. Because Job tells us we can... Even when we don't understand why things are as they are, we can still trust God. We can trust him to lead us safely through the valley to the glorious blessing that awaits his children.